There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> Hello, Egg Chasers, and welcome to episode 19 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Fresh from, uh, I'm already slurring, fresh from a, a night of very little sleep watching the Super Bowl and a whole weekend of watching the Six Nations. I'm joined by JB. Hi, Tim. And Phil. Hi, Tim. And uh, we are going to be talking about the Six Nations, the return of the Premiership, and just generally loving rugby as we always do, not taking ourselves or the game too seriously, however. And... Well, I think there's one place we have to start. Now, we'll, we'll get onto the uh, actual Six Nations rugby itself in a minute, but... Um, Let's start with a stash update. Stash! Stash! Updates. Here we go. We need to get. If you're called Gordon and you want to do a regular stash slot called Stash Gordon, and uh, game on. I'm game up for that. Uh, Absolutely. Might have to do a character, character called Stash Gordon. Um, now, listen. I don't know if I'm the only person who, following watching the Six Nations matches over the weekend, want to revise my decision about what the best kit is in Six Nations. Uh, I, I think I'd also like to revise my uh, my opinion. Agreed. It's one thing seeing it in a photograph on the captains, and it's another thing seeing it on the telly in, in action. action. Exactly. Uh, to recap, we went with Scotland's is the worst, followed by Ireland, followed by Wales, followed by England, followed by France, followed by Italy. Yep. Where, where does that change for you, Phil? Uh, the bottom two swap round for me. Yep. Um, getting to see them both in the flesh on Sunday... The Macron kit, I know we've given them a lot of stick, but that actually looked quite nice. It did look all right. Yes, and it has one feature no other kit has. I think no other kit has. The ability to turn up... The, the, co- pe- the, the collar. Yeah. The oh, you can pop your collar. Yeah. Yeah, which... Um, looks Mar- very Mar- nice Mar- props. Mar- Mar- did yeah. when he was, when he was <laughs> scrimmaging. <laughs> I thought that looks kind of cool, actually. Even with the Macron on the chest, it did actually look quite good. Yeah. I'd, I'd go one further, and I'd say I preferred the Scotland kit to the Wales kit. <laughs> Wow! I would put I, personally. I'd push Wales down to five. The thing is about the Wales kit, you can't look at it as just a game day kit. It's a whole proposition. <laughs> so <laughs> when you see the warm up tops, their warm up tops are incredible with the faded red on the chest. Uh, so you got like the little feathers in red. It they, it looks awesome, but too many patches and also yeah, too much yeah. little grey and black design. Not yeah. Wh- whoever saw. The white patches on the Italian kit. A beautiful kit. Behind and those silly white patches on, on the back of the shoulders. Uh, that would be where my other change would be. I would swap France and Italy around. Yeah. Yeah. Fr- uh, France's kit looked awesome. I loved it. 
Yeah, I, I love them both. Yeah, I think Adidas have done a splendid job on both of them. Well I done, think, Adidas. Actually, France goes to the top. England move up one. It's, wow. it's to three. Wales Ooh. stay where they are. You see, I reckon if Sergio Parise had worn any kit in the yeah. pre-match promotional <laughs> shots, we'd have called that number one. Yeah, I think so. Very good point. Very strong point. The, the one other thing about the island kit, which means that it is the worst, is so it's, it's a tight-fitting kit besides the arms. Yeah. The arms... So I can understand the arms being skinny on, like, Johnny Sexton or Devlin Toner, who are, like, beanpoles, but the arms were baggy on Kean Healy. Yeah. How on earth... Kean Healy. How on earth have they got uh, shirt sleeves big enough to be baggy on They made them for Sean O'Brien, clearly, didn't they? That was it. Sean (laughs) Sean O'Brien's tried every shirt on. That's the only thing. (laughs) He stretched all the arms. Around five years ago, Tottenham had a kit made by Kappa or someone. Yeah, and it skin was, tight. One. Yeah, skin tight, and it was kind of novel for football. And even though it was skin tight, Jermaine Genesis' tiny little arms <laughs> made, made the sleeves buggy. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, we, we revised our decision. Yeah, obviously, you might have a different opinion. You can always get in touch with us about this or anything else at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. That was our stash update. Stash. We do love stash. We do love stash. Uh, right, let's get on to the actual Six Nations itself. There's only one place to start, really. It was it was the Le Crunch, and it, and it turned out to be so with a last-minute victory for France. As a Welshman, JB, I mean, you posted a Twitter on our Twitter page <laughs> of you and your Welsh compatriots wearing France shirts. I, I just like the French stash. What can I say? <laughs> uh, but they weren't deserving of a victory, really, were they? Uh, well, they were, because they won. It was a weird game. I give Stuart Lancaster all the credit in the world for going with that young team. And I also feel very, very sorry on Monday morning for... Sorry, Sunday morning for Jack Noll. Anyone who knows anything about rugby is going to say he had some good bits and he had some bad bits. But unfortunately, his bad bits were a lot more public than his good bits. They were a lot more obvious. Even though some things that he couldn't actually help, like certain bounces Like the someone ball passed and, the ball to his ankles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the things he can't... But he happened to be involved in that... In that yeah, bit of play. a few times. And like the, the first kick-off, the first moment of the game, his first touch of international rugby was to knock on. Yeah. And then his second one was, boom, getting where, smashed. Where he, is, he did offload he did well. Offload he offloaded well, yeah. yeah. Now, here would be my point, right, that if it was my first international game and I didn't really want to stand out for any other reason other than my rugby, first thing I wouldn't do would be wear an urban camouflage scrum hat. And the <laughs> se- second thing I wouldn't do is have a little blonde rat tail. <laughs> I know. We've, I men- we've probably, mentioned his hair yeah, before. Probably avoid those fan. two things. Uh, I was a bit disappointed to see Danny Kerr come off. Yes. Yeah, you're not the only one. Um, and him and Courtney Laws, to be fair, when the two of them came off. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it almost feels like they were um, pre-arranged substitutions. Mm. They decided that in going into the game, that's what the plan was, and that's it. I am 100% certain that Noel coming off at that time was pre-planned because it did not make sense with the players. With losing May so early, yep. so Mike Brown had to go onto the wing and Good went to fullback, which Ugh. which is weakening the team. So you've already got Brown playing out of position and Burrow playing out of position, but they bring on Barrett for Noel. Barrett goes out of position and Burrow goes onto the wing, who was at fault for the last try. Yeah. He should have held out. He shouldn't have gone in for Zazewski because Launchbury was coming across. And if, you, if he holds out, he can cover Fiku, which means that... Um, Good can get the last man. See, interesting, isn't it? Because you'd have thought an, an outside centre with the difficulties uh, which come with playing that position defensively would be able to work out on the wing. What but he, he's, an not, he's an inside centre. He's not an outside centre. He's playing in international 13, so you've got to assume 
he can play international 13. Well, and he's so had two to... weeks training in international 13. That won't yeah. give him the necessary and experience to play wing. I saw that final try exactly as Phil saw it. I, when I looked at the replays, people were going, oh, Goo didn't really have a choice. He just had to just choose one or the other. But you're absolutely right. I, I went, no, look at Burrell. He should have stayed out. Yeah. How is Goode one of the best fullbacks in England when he's not even the best fullback in England called Goode? <laughs> I'd rather go, go go to war with Andy. Um, uh, Johnny May, come on. He was in Johnny May, right? He broke his nose, fine. But he was in the very stadium where Imanol Aranordaki had a massively broken nose, two black eyes, and that enormous homemade face mask. Yeah. <laughs> so come on, man up, Johnny May. <laughs> exactly. But, but that so that completely changed um, yeah. England because I didn't like England's bench in the backs because. None of them are impact players. No, they're all just well, you, just standard. They're good. They're good, solid players. But none of them is going to come on and change a game. Is Foden fit? Uh, no, you could have had Anthony Watson, and you could have had George Ford. Yeah, yeah, and you could have. I had, completely agree. They are dynamic and exciting, and all that kind of now, stuff. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I'd just like to congratulate Owen Farrell because I thought he's, he's actually really good. Still not a great kicker. Wow, but I thought ball in the hand. Fair play, got very, very good. He had a bad game by his standards going for posts. He played well with ball in hand. He, yeah. He created, created and Philippe Saint Andre must just, he, you could see his, his old sphincter was going 10p, 50p, 10p, 50p, wasn't it? He was thinking of the French HR department drafting up his P45 for the end of the tournament, you could tell. What was that? <laughs> I thought I switched it off, but it's uh, my Bitcoin tracker. So, um, <laughs> of course it is, Jake. How many Bitcoin do you do? Or you have? Uh, I don't have enough Bitcoin. Uh, that is a fact. Right, so Bitcoin is like a, a virtual money, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, who, who invented it? Who did you buy it from? Was uh, it a Japanese? In, well, the guy who invented it might not even be a guy. It's a pseudonym who wrote the paper. So is, not, is it going up in price quite a lot then? Uh, it's about very volatile. Very volatile. Sixty-nine pound for a bitcoin right now. So if, if you How follow much? five hundred sixty-nine pound for bitcoin. But if you follow it over the last two years, it's been from five p to five hundred pounds per per bitcoin. Wow. Yeah. There's some huge bubbles created and then burst. More volatile than say Leeds United's financial situation. It's up and down all the time. Last More week, volatile than a discussion between the Welsh regions and the WRU. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Good Speaking rubbish. of which, uh, yeah. Wales then. Uh, not, it was not comfortable enough for Wales, was it? That's pretty much standard Wales at the start of a Six Nations tournament, wasn't it? Uh, well, what can you say? He wins a win. You're expected to win it and if you don't win it, it's, not, it's an absolute disaster. Um, yeah, um, we won it. That's fine. Solid but unspectacular. There was something which worried me about, about the Wales game, and the commentator pointed out is how obvious some of the Welsh back moves are. You just know yeah. what's going to happen. It gets and if, if span that, wide behind, but behind everyone else, kind of like a rugby league move. If that inexperienced Italy back line, and it was very inexperienced, can read those moves, like yeah. telegraph them, that doesn't bode well. And Ireland, Scotland. Slow start for Ireland. Yeah. Um, Scotland held well, but then Ireland really showed their class. Um, some of their offload in play was was super. They and look awesome, don't they? Sexton looked really. Oh, if really I, could, good. I was going to say, I would. My word, what I would give for Jamie Roberts and and Johnny Sexton. If yeah. I could take one player from the two teams, I'd take those two. Because Sexton, he does it all. He, he do, can take it to the game line. And, Even and with spin. his weedy little arms. Yeah, it's been... When he, he made could, that break... That um, break was... Unbe- he, I did not think he had that pace in him. Well, again, I got very excited because I had both Heaslip and Sexton in, in my fantasy team. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was going to be like a points bonanza. 
I even cheered when um, Sergio Parisi scored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, dis- have that, Phil, have that! It's amazing how the Fantasy League pr- uh, will uh, change your loyalties. Well, on that front, uh, yes, we do have a Six Nations Fantasy Rugby League, which is through the ESPN uh, Scrum Fantasy League. We have, a league, we have the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast League. As there's, uh, there's loads of people in the league, and that's, we have some pretty cool prizes as well. Uh, the winner currently is leader, I should say, currently is Rory. Yeah. Oh, not for long, not for long. If you want to, there's a league code. It's the Yay. Scrum ESPN Fantasy League. Actually, you said 530-30. Uh, if you add yourself to the league... Word of warning, it's a pretty elite league, so... Don't be taking it lightly. And there's 114 people in the league so far. Nice. Thank you very much for joining and getting involved. And back to matters rugby, where it's uh, sad times. We're uh, saying goodbye to the LV Cup (laughs) until the knockout stages in April. But fortunately, we have Six Nations and Premiership Rugby this weekend. Now, thanks to the scheduling, it means we're going to get to see it all. So you've got three... Six Nations games, obviously, across Saturday and Sunday. And there's also Premiership Rugby on BT Sport. And they have scheduled it so that it doesn't clash with any of the Six Nations. Friday night, Worcester-Leicester. Saturday, 7pm. So you've got 2.15 kickoff or 2.30, 5pm kickoff and a 7pm kickoff. Chiefs-Saints, which I'm really looking forward to. Excellent. And Quinns-Wasps on Sunday, 1pm kickoff before France-Italy. Let's pause briefly for a little game that I want to play because Ooh. I don't know if you've been watching. I mean, we talked about the BBC, we talked about BT Sport, but there is some other. What's going Jay. on, Jay? Sorry, we should have a fine box. Yeah, we yeah. should. For, for, for Sorry, that's a, a, bit, a Bitcoin alert as well. <laughs> <laughs> there is some rugby action going on on Sky Sports. It's a school of hard knocks, anyway, which I quite like as a show. I've been on school of hard knocks. <laughs> You've told us several times. Have I to- told you? <laughs> you were, yeah, you told me about at least ten times. Yeah, that you were the one described as the, right. and... the power of the big forwards. Yeah, of... That's right. Struggle to contain their larger opponents. That was me. <laughs> um, and I threw a pass to Will, to Will Greenwood uh, for him to score. Well, I thought we could play a game, right? Because what I've got is I love Scott Quinnell's motivational speeches. And just before the big moment in the in the latest episode, which is re- I really like this show, Scott Quinnell does a does an impassioned speech. I want you to try and predict some of the words that he will say in his speech. Ooh. <laughs> Can we do an over or under on this? So I, I'll say th- three words, I guess. And if Phil thinks yeah. he, he can get four words. Then Phil can either challenge me or right. can go for yeah, four yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so, so you're going for one at the minute, are you? I'm, are you going for two words, I'm, Phil? I'm going to say three, 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 Phil. <sighs> I'll try for four to make it interesting. So you're going to try for five? Unless... Yeah, I'll give it five. Go on, then. <laughs> I'll let you have a go at five. Come on, then. Five words that you think Scott Quinnell will say. Passion. Guaranteed, surely. <laughs> Belief. Good one. Heart. You're writing these down, Phil. I am. Passion, belief, heart. Can I use more gentle ones like boys? Nah. Nah. Um, I suppose it's Family one. or something like oh, that, Oh, that's maybe. a good one. Family. Like Tim, one. sorry. Family. I'm... Remember. You going with that? Okay. All right. We get an opportunity today. Opportunity? You missed that Damn one. it! <laughs> to add to the history of School of Art. History. history. <laughs> you've all come out and you've all had your different stories. You've all had your ups. We've all had our downs. Ups and downs, Jay. We've had our fights. Oh, come on. We've had tears. The one thing it's done for us, though, is bring us together. 
As a family, is he going to say? What you've done is create a togetherness. Oh, many weeks ago, you individually walked into this football club, self-esteem and self-confidence with some of you who's acted all time low. I saw that change yesterday. I saw tears in your boy's eyes. I saw tears. In Will's eyes. I felt tears in my eyes when we saw those stories. Come on. And you are now part of this team. You're part of this family. Family! You yes! Be yes. Part of this family. Because that's what School of Hard Knocks is. It's a way of life. <sighs> Normally at this time, I've unleashed the dragon. <laughs> I unleashed the dragon. <laughs> it but not today. Do you know why? Because this is your fault. Are we ready? <laughs> Let's go play rugby! <laughs> I'm up for it. Massively up for it. He is good at that, isn't he? He is good at that, but... Oh, I just want to think after Scott when I said that. We need to uh, just play a little bit of Cisco's Unleash the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Here I come, niggas on me back. I think this is what he meant. I've unleashed the dragon! I've unleashed the dragon! I believe. Here's I, would thing, gar- I would have put good money on him saying passion or belief. The one, yeah, the one I was worried about was family. I wonder if he's giving speeches that good when we're getting pumped by 40 points to nil. When he used to play, he was getting right. pumped by 40 <laughs> points to nil. <laughs> oh, we're off to Twickenham for a good 50-point beating. I mean, they don't be crying when they came I know out. we got my brother in the team and we're going to get hammered, <laughs> but come on! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, his brother's in the team. <laughs> oh, good, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I did, that was uh, great. We should do that get him again. <laughs> That's good. We'll do that every episode of Hard Knocks. We'll, we'll do that with the big speech. Um, right, we mentioned the Ireland game. That was the last uh, Six Nations game we touched upon. And JB, you spotted something that Joel Schmidt has gone on record and said. I didn't fill it. Oh, but... sorry, Dan corrected. Phil, go on, Phil. Yeah, in his post-match interview and uh, asked about Brian O'Driscoll, he likened him to Benjamin Button because he keeps on improving <laughs> every year with age, uh, which it's, I thought was very good. It's not a bad shout. Getting younger as he gets older. Yes. Will he make it to the World Cup? With that sort of chat, you sort of start to wonder whether he might. Why not? Has he got to... 37? He's not playing like he's 35. Phenomenal athlete to be able to be yeah. at that level at this age. He really is. He, he still looked exceptional. And then he? they can do a deal with Leinster where they just like, much like Richie McCaw and Dan Carter for New Zealand, they just like, let's keep the powder dry a little bit. But McCaw so and think... uh, Carter are 31. It changes I, games. I don't think his pace is there. Yeah, but, but he isn't the centre that he was when he first showed up. Absolutely, but there could be times when you're against someone like Fofana, who has got real pace, mm. who could... I say could potentially show his lack of pace, but I've as long as he's street, yeah, he's street wise enough and his positioning's good enough that oh, he's like, not seen it. It's like the old cliche everyone used to say about players like Teddy Sheridan. They're, they're quick in mind. Uh, for, mm. That buys him an extra second, the sharpness of First few steps are on his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, anyway, so Joel Schmidt says he's like Benjamin Button, which leads me nicely on to the fact that a couple of days ago I had a chat as part of my sort of day job, I work, work on, a, on, a, on a radio programme um, with Nick Frost, the actor. Now, he's the one half of Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Hot Fuzz, mm. Shaun of the Dead and all that. Spaced. He, he's uh, spaced. He's the, mm. he's, he's the big lad. Uh, and, I, and I knew he was a big rugby fan. He lives just near Twickenham. But I didn't realise he was quite this much of a rugby fan. Uh, yeah, I played rugby for years since I was 
like seven years old, I played for Barking Rugby Club as a little kid. Oh, Jason Leonard, you must uh, Jason, have met him. yeah, Jason and I uh, would train together. Uh, he was like four or five years older than me, but at one point, you know, we'd train and he'd be tight head and I'd be loose head and then we'd have, you know, hooker and... Then at one point, the Llewellyn brothers were playing for Barking too. Wow. The Welsh locks. Yeah, the locks, yeah. And so we had that as a, as a, as a tight five. I mean, I never played first team there because I was too young, but I trained with the first team. It wow. was amazing. I loved it. And I got hurt when I was 16, and it, I kind of had to take a year off. And by the time I got back into it, I discovered girls and drinking and <laughs> hashish, and my heart was kind of not in it, in it anymore. Well, Jason Leonard, dis- he discovered drinking as well. He, he could put them away, couldn't he? Yeah, but, you know, I didn't have it in me to just train two or three times a week, and I didn't. The last time I played, I was 21 years old, and I was asked by a mate of mine, a Nigerian mate, why don't you come and train at London, Nigeria? And Steve Ajomo was taking the lessons. And... uh I trained a few times with them and got into the second team, but they would fight a lot during training. They would fist fight a lot. And I, got, I was 21. I thought, oh, I don't want to be hit by a massive Nigerian on a Monday <laughs> night in the rain. So I jacked it in. So that was uh, Nick Frost. He's got a movie, Cuban Fury, that's out in a, in a few days. I had a chat with him and uh, talk rugby with him for a moment for the podcast. And there you go. Him, Excellent. Jason Leonard was his, yeah. uh, I could, he, was his mentor. He does kind of fit the prop mould. He's a slice. He's as wide as he is tall. Could you take him if you had to? Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, you could. You said you would. He'd kill me. <laughs> uh, so I thought, what we've got the Benjamin Button thing that Joel Schmidt said. We've got Nick Frost uh, there saying he was a prop and he's an actor. So, dream 15 time then. Let's come up with a movie 15. Great, so, great idea. I love this when you suggested it, Tim. All right, so number one, prop Nick Frost. He's already filled the first jersey. Okay. So. So, who would be his other prop? Who would be tight head for Nick Frost, Lou said? John Candy? <laughs> yeah. Hooker? Julie Roberts. Julie Roberts. Hey! <laughs> Great <Labs>. lines. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that works well. Cool. <laughs> Nick Frost uh, and John Candy with Julia Roberts, the hooker between them. Second row, then. I went Vince Vaughan. Oh, that's a good shout. Uh, yeah, he is tall, isn't he? Long it? man. Yeah, very good. Um, I was thinking someone who's already been mentioned in one of the Dream 15s. Go on. In the run to the litter 15, Daniel Cudmore. Oh, good. Oh, what a great shout. Who, he, could, he could actually do it. Yeah, well, he's he's been in uh, X-Men and Twilight movies. Uh, and obviously, he, well, yeah, I assume he played some rugby when he was messed younger. Off, messed off. Or American football or something. Yeah, so he, he could actually... He's got, he's got pedigree, yeah. Uh, Vince Vaughan and Daniel Kedmore. Hmm, good, nice. uh, yeah, good second row combo. Back row then, blind side. Well, I've got Matt, Matt Damon because because he played seven. Uh, I was well, going to say that South Africa have the six and seven like France. Yeah. Exactly. So he played seven for South Africa. So six six in our team. He's also played rugby in two other films, The Departed. Departed, where he also played seven. And I think did he lose the fire brigade in that in that game? Uh, when it was the police... Yeah, it's Bo- Boston PD against Fire Brigade, I believe. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, know. Did, yeah, did they yeah. give out a score? Yeah, wow. and actually, they got the rugby thing wrong because at the end, they're all uh, um, flicking their middle finger up at the Fire Brigade. Yeah, oh, screw just, you guys, screw nah. you. Well, right, no, that, that would never well. happen in, exactly. in rugby. Not in rugby. Well, who would you have at seven? Um, well, I thought... I, I, I think it's be one of the most difficult positions to learn. So I thought Daniel Day-Lewis, because he'd spend a year and a half <laughs> shadowing Richie McCaw. <laughs> by the time we actually played the game, he'd be phenomenal. 
Uh, I'd go for that then. I'll go, I'll, I'll go with it. I was thinking maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger would have made a six. Oh, no. I was no. thinking, well, a straight shootout for, between Arnie and The Rock at eight. Matt Damon at seven, six. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis at seven, <laughs> the method player. <laughs> and number eight being... Rock's got pedigree with American football. I would like The Rock because I really want Arnie in the centres. He's a bit, he's a bit wooden. Yeah, yeah, robotic. Just, just marshalling that that midfield. I can't imagine being fast though. No, he's not, not going to do a jinking side step. You're not going to go through him. You tell like the, the almost like a Matthew Bastro or. Oh right, well, I, I'm, I'm going to chuck in my number eight then. Oh yeah, I'm okay. going to chuck Dolph Lundgren. Oh nice. I had potentially Dolph Lundgren as a second row. Simply because he's, I think, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six. he's a big guy. But if, if there's one actor that looks like P.S. Beast, <laughs> or physically... Or James, James Haskell. Tell you who's or a James f- Haskell physically, then Tell you who's a phenomenal actor and does a great job on the Holland and Barrett adverts. Martin Corey, but I don't just think he's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> As is Austin Healy on the uh, Advanced Hair Studio <laughs> advert. Can we, can we go Dolph Lundgren at eight? Yeah, yeah, OK. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren at eight, um, and there we go, that rounds off the pack. So, scrum off. Peter Dinklage. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, t- Lannister. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Part- partly as well because he, he looks a lot like... Oh, he's so cunning as well. Well, he looks a lot like our friend who's a scrum half. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Peter Dinklage. Uh, is our scrum half in our movie 15. Fly half. This is an important position. Samantha Jenis. She kicked the she kicked the winning goal in up and under in the film with what's his name Neil Morrissey. Yes, I was thinking as a male alternative, I'm open to the idea of Samantha Janis. So that's, like, oh, that's and that's why it's important for me to have Arnie on the outside because if you're going to go with those silky mm. smooth, those silky skills, well, I was thinking of more like a proper man's man at ten, like a captain, like he'll take responsibility. Uh, Russell Crowe, co- yeah. commander of the armies of the north, hey. commander of the back line. I like Crowe. I, I like Crow. R- R- Rusty yeah, Crow. Russell Crowe has never, he's any, no, he's he's never done anything to suggest ever that he'd be a better ten than Samantha Janis. We've got game tape right, on it's her. An important, no, it's an important game a, tape on her. It's an important he, position, and he has got the ability to lead and make decisions. Yeah. He'd be a great twelve. No, I'd, I'd go for him at ten. He's New Zealander as well. So. R- is Russell, Russell Crowe at ten in the centres then? Sean Bean could be one potentially yep. as an inside centre. I think he, he would w- die pretty early. He'd work well <laughs> as an inside centre with Will Smith as a <laughs> gliding, yeah, athletic outside centre. Yes, Will Smith would be a great shout. I like that. You, you can imagine him Some having a jiggy running. A ser- <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine him having a searing outside break, can't you? Couldn't you just? Yeah. He's in good shape as well. He is Will Smith. He, he works out. Yeah. I'm straight. Yeah, he's on our outside centre. That, that, that makes the best trip back from Wigton a lot more bearable when you've got Will Smith in the team. So let's let him get jiggy with it, like like his jiggy outside running, as JB described, as we pick our wingers. I always struggle for wingers. I can't really think of any fast actors. I know who couldn't play wing, Steven Seagal, because he can't run. Oh, we didn't think of Steven Seagal. Well, oh, you, you can't play on the wing. That's the end of that. There's a few action men that we didn't think of for the back, or didn't mention for the back row, like Van Damme, S- yeah, Statham, uh, S- Sly Stallone. Oh, I can't imagine him on the wing. And actually, Kelly Brook's got form, 
when it comes to men. She she knows a good rugby player when she meets one, and she used to go up with Statham. So, you know, oh, yeah, it's does. almost like having it, a scouting report. Him like the little number 11. He's like a Sharples. Yeah. He's like a Sharples. Yeah. If, if we put him in really long cycling shorts, <laughs> we might have a player there. Um, uh, who would be on the other wing? Because we've still got... Well, like some, We've got to have a place for Chuck Norris in the side somewhere. <laughs> No one, I reckon no one gets past Chuck Norris. Stick him at the back. Well, well James Bond's at the back. Daniel Craig. <laughs> There's no way he is not, not a fullback. I quite like Daniel Craig yeah. at fullback. Mickey Rourke was at one point set to play Gareth Thomas. He was. Um, but I can't personally see it. So I'd much rather have Daniel Craig. As James Bond in his tux. So we've got, <laughs> we've got oh, as a right winger, you've got Jean-Claude Van Damme potentially, well, you've got Chuck Norris. My winger would be. Um, it's kind of a look-alike. He looks like two wingers, Johan Uge mm. yeah. and rugby league player Aidy Gardner, who both look quite mm. similar. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. Actor from Entourage, Vincent Chase. Oh. oh. No Tom Cruise as well on that side. Like yeah. Are you surprised? Nah. <laughs> no, I'm really not. That, that's a quality 15, that... Yeah, like to see a, a training session with those guys. Wonderful bus back. Oh, yeah. Wonderful away days. Yeah. Rusty Crow would get the tinnies going round, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. He'd, he'd be all over that. Julia Roberts would keep all the boys entertained. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, brilliant. If you, if you have any more suggestions that you think deserve a shirt more than that, at Rugby mm. Podcast on Twitter, yeah. as always. Get and in don't touch. just name the entire cast of Game, Game of Thrones. I did uh, I had to, like, <laughs> yeah. stop myself from seeing uh, Mark Addy, who's Robert yeah. Baratheon. Uh, um, I haven't watched it yet. Tired. <clears throat> Oh, Have you sorry. not? No, I keep, oh, you, I keep meaning to get into it. it it's reasonable. Carl Drogo was an eight. Carl Drogo was the eight. Cracky, be a good eight. Yeah. I've still not seen it, so uh, let's move on. Uh, Phil, I, I want to talk to you about this Six Nations points scoring thing because some people are arguing that there should be bonus points. Last year, um, they kind, a... kind of drew a line under it because England would have won the tournament if bonus points had been applied. Yeah, you could win the Grand Slam and still lose the championship, theoretically. Yes, yes. that's yeah, yeah, that right. Yeah, which is wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. No, believe it is. It's one of the most successful tournaments in the world of any sport, I'd say. Y- yeah, most, most competitive annual international tournament. Absolutely. Yeah, leave, leave it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a promotion relegation if we can get the other countries in Europe and around sort of a slightly better level because there's a lot of teams that are aspiring well, to be good Georgia and mm. Russia and Romania mm. yeah or a playoff a playoff between the top and the bottom or well, something like well, that as part of the disc- ongoing discussions about the European club game one of the things that the French uh, Federation of Rugby put forward was a two-tiered national European tournament so the six nations are tier one mm-hmm. and then Georgia, Romania Russia, Portugal, Spain uh, one other as tier two and set parameters for promotion into the team so it wouldn't just be one good season for Georgia and they beat everyone yeah. and then they beat Scotland or Italy or whoever finishes bottom and get promoted they would need to have like consistent development certain number of players uh, being professional within their squad just making those criteria up but I think that is a brilliant idea yeah, like I would idea. I would <laughs> happily watch Romania Georgia or Russia well, look at Italy now well, yeah, and they were getting hammered the first few years. Yeah, yeah, they look they look decent. Mm. They are still getting hammered. Let, let's not let's not forget that though. They're not though. Like, well, they are. I they, mean, they finished fourth last year. But that's a that's a best ever finish, isn't it? Yeah, but they're, they're continually improving. 
and they've been in the tournament for ten years, twelve years. years. Well, that's, that's what it takes. Yeah, the, 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 it's the, not going to be overnight. It's a hundred odd years of history that England and Wales and Scotland and Ireland have got. And the other thing about that as well is, I wouldn't like to dismantle the history of the England, Ireland, Ireland, Wales. You know, all playing each other because it's so entrenched now. I think it was it'd be promotion mm. to the top table, so you have a seven person tournament or an eight person tournament potentially rather than and you could like if you get oh, an eight okay. person you could have two pools with a knockout. Yeah, but oh, so, so it's like it's like Eurovision. The uh, the main the main characters uh, they should all play fund with, it are in there whatever. Yeah, they should all yeah. play with no score, and at the end we all vote on the performances. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea, is it? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what I've got, and there's there's no de- no, no debate about this because it's just phenomenal. Is I've got some rugby okey. Mm. Oh, excellent. Now, this rugby okey is from last summer, and it's immediately following, well, soon after, that night, after the Lions victory in the Sydney Test to win the Lions Good. series. And it's Sean O'Brien in the Cock and Bull pub in Sydney, up on stage, singing Mumford and Sons. Is it professionally filmed, or is it someone with a mobile phone? It's a mobile phone. Is it? Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. This isn't on the DVD extras. Uh, so here we go then. Rugby okey, because rugby players do love to sing... Uh, as we discovered, uh, we can't quite believe how many of them do. Let's go back to where it all started, boys, to set to set Sean O'Brien up. Keep it kind of quiet. <laughs> Alex Corbiziero. Scrummer Street, Thomas Wright, I don't deny it. Test me, try, try it. it. Start you don't fly it. it. I'ma grab the microphone and start to fly it. Up, up, up high. high. Grab the mic and make you cry. Told you before we represent L.I. London Irish, you can't deny this. So, so sick a tenant, you can't buy this. And, you know, the English guys were dominating with Matt Stevens, Ben Foden, Alex Corbiziero. But it's nice to see the Irish boys really coming back again. And uh, here's Sean O'Brien's effort. He missed his cue for the verse, so he knows the chorus anyway. But yeah, um, he's clearly, a, he's a big man, huge. Oh, that's, that's good, and you can tell by the atmosphere there that would be an incredible place to be at that mm. time. Yeah, what an evening! Mm. I think that's why the '97 Living with Lions is so popular. If you know of any other um, rugby okies, then at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, we would love to hear from you. And by the way, while I'm at it, uh, thank you very much if you are listening and you took the trouble to post a review on iTunes because yeah we just sort of throw away when yeah if you if you got some constructive feedback or you like it you know give us some reviews because it it helps bump us up the charts and whatnot in iTunes which is uh which is fab so thank you I very demand much. you I demand you post more reviews demand no it's good it's good <laughs> and um and, and it's nice to know you're on board and uh and enjoying it and yeah we're, we're all all here for the same reason because we love the rugby on mm. to which let's 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 finish with just a quick look at the Six Nations and the games that are to come. Uh, which of the three matchups are you are you sort of most looking forward to? Trying to be ob- objective as you can, obviously, and putting our England hats and Wales hats in JB's case. Wales Island, though, doesn't it? Has yeah, to be. yeah. I'd, I'd like to see a, a stern test for the Island team, who look very good. Wales. Island Wales at the Viva, isn't it? It yeah. is. Yeah. What an awful stadium, by the way. <laughs> it is the worst stadium in. No, actually, Murrayfield is the worst stadium. In Six Nations. What, but you got, what you got against Murrayfield? Although I don't Murrayfield's like the big track around the outside. It's horrendous. If you look at Murrayfield, right, it goes round. 
and it gradually slopes down. So you don't notice it's like kind of a helter-skelter, very shallow helter-skelter. And then there's a big lip where it comes up again. This is the most bizarre stadium. One quarter of a running track. What use is that to anyone? I don't like having a run- running track no matter how small round around it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. But uh, but the Aviva, I, I mean, I know there's that one weird end. Yeah, where they ran out of money or whatever it is, or, you know, after the financial <laughs> crash. Oh, Christ. But they still uh... managed to get a big old stadium with that one small end. And I, what I do like about the, the Aviva is, it's not the stadium itself, but the atmosphere in the crowd yeah. and not... how disciplined and how silent they are when, the, when there's a Look, kick taking there's, place. There's clearly one stadium which is better than all the others when we're talking about international stadiums, and that is, that is the Millennium. Whoa! The cold, <laughs> no, do you the know cold what? of silence. <laughs> do you know what? I, I have to say, and it was around about the same time, the Millennium Stadium was being built after Wembley had started and it finished before Wembley finished. I would take the Millennium Stadium over Wembley any day. The footprint of Wembley is three times the footprint of the Millennium Stadium. Uh, is it? Yeah. yeah. It's huge. And the ro- just the ro- having the roof. Do you remember the old, ad- the old advert with Eric Cantona when he flicks up his collar and goes, Au revoir. That's yeah. what it's like playing in the Millennium Stadium. Oppressive, close atmosphere. It's like Scott Cornell shouting at you, pride, <laughs> belief. Can you do Cornell's accent saying au revoir? Au revoir! <laughs> <laughs> I've got the figures here for cost. Millennium Stadium cost 121 million. Is that it? To build. What? Millennium Stadium, 121 million. That's like. Wow. That, that's like Chelsea's Strike Force. <laughs> Wow. Wembley Stadium costs 798. Oh, there's no comparison. When you look at that, that's ridiculous. We were fleeced. Yeah. We paid for that. It was our taxes paying for that. <laughs> that's a good knowledge bomb, by the way, for these stats. <laughs> well done. Holy hell. Sorry, that's a very long knowledge bomb. We need to sort this knowledge bomb out. We've got such a good stash sound there, and we're still <laughs> lumbered with the knowledge bomb. <laughs> Last week was all about France. England, this one's all about Ireland Wales. How do you see it going? I have no Phillips, idea. Roberts, it's so hard North. to call. Hmm. There's talk, isn't there, of Adam Jones not starting. That's interesting. Really? Because yep. then Rodri Jones would come in, who is young yep. and to inexperienced. Keen Healy. Uh, other than that, that's my only insight to this game. Um, I have no idea. His lip is a monster. Now, Lydiot's quality... Well, oh, Lydia, Lydiot's Lydia, tackling. He's Lydia just so Warburton. much tackling. Ugh. Dan Lydia, if if rugby doesn't work out for him at any point, it, like it, in Canada, they'll happily just have him run and dive at the bottom of redwood trees just <laughs> yeah, to bring exactly. him down. <laughs> <laughs> I want a log cabin going. Go find some logs, Dan. Go and dive at the base of a few trees, Dan. Devlin, tell you what, we are significantly, significantly better than the Irish hooker. Significantly agreed. Uh, although I really, I really rate Sean Cronin. Well, sort of Cronin. No, they'll, they'll start with best. Good. Thank God. And Go on then, in a word, in a word, you're going to say Wales, JB, obviously. Wales. Uh, I'll say Ireland just. In Ireland, I'm going to have to go home home win. Good. Good, good. But it's going to be tight and I cannot wait for it. Mm. France, Italy, in Paris. Going France, France. aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the other one? I'll go for France. In, uh, it's uh, England, Scotland. It's at Murrayfield. Murrayfield. I don't think this is as... This is as much plain sailing as everyone thinks it is. Yeah. Showing up. And, and they're tight forward games, even though they've got, they've got some very good individual forwards like Denton. Every single time David Denton is on, I just think of... The, do you remember this viral video that was around a while ago? No. Of a dog in Richmond Park in London. Yes, I remember Benton. it. Benton! 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 I'd forgotten about it. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Sounds like Brian Moore's commentary. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Fenton, Denton, mm. because imagine this for back real. Ewers, Pocock, Denton. The uh, potential Zimbabwe back, oh, back row. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Wow. Yeah, one of my friends who uh, is involved in the website Art of Domination, which is a, a James Haskell like, Safe spoof, search on. spoof website. <laughs> awesome. Um, he he uh, discussed putting together an all like all Zimbabwe team. He, he reckons you can do it. He reckons you can have a Zimbabwe I, 15 who don't play for Zimbabwe. Wow. So everyone saying England? Well, yeah, I think... I th- oh, wow. I'm going to say England. Wow. But do you know what? I don't think it's going to be all plain sailing. No, I agree. I think it's going to be more more difficult than you expect. I agree with that. No. So, oh, there's a, a couple of transfers. We should probably just like quickly oh, yeah. touch on the transfers. What, what, there's, there's been a little bit of movement, and there'll be more probably after... Since Sod's Law, since we re- finished recording this, there'll be more that come out. Yeah, because uh, Star of Don't Drop the Egg and Bath... Uh, Benders is Benders. 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 Anyone who's not watched, uh, don't drop the egg. Look it up on uh, YouTube. It's yeah. a phenomenal. It's phenomenal, very good. Isn't it? Very, yeah. very funny. I'm not familiar with it, so I will check it out. Um, um, really? No. Yeah. Have you seen it? It's very good. We're, oh, we're you'll, you'll love it, Tim. Um, um, so Benders has been let final year of his contract. They've just said, "It's all right. Don't worry about it. Time served and all that. You've been with us since you were uh, a kid. You want? You're not first choice now. We got Watson. Off you go." See you later. He's going to Claremont. So Benders. That's a great move for him. O- Ollie Barkley has got a four month till the end of the season. He's going to be joining Scarlet. So there's, there's not all one way traffic. No, people out of Scarlets. He was the most expensive. Oh, sorry, the highest paid player at Grenoble. That's crazy, isn't it? And has only played three times this season. And he wasn't even pl- starting at Bath when he left. We are done and dusted until next time. Um, enjoy the Six Nations. Enjoy battling in the, uh, in our fantasy league. Phil, that g- give the details one more time for that. Uh, it's ESPN Scrum Fancy Rugby and the league code is 53030 we'll tweet that at Rugby Podcast where you can get in touch and if you've got any thoughts or any questions or anything to say on this podcast or ideas for future podcasts if you're called Gordon and want to star in a feature called (laughs) Stash Gordon (laughs) we need to get that off the ground otherwise it's just left for uh, me to say nice one for listening and JB cheers Tim and Phil Bye. And what should we be sung out by? Phil, you decide. Ooh, I just said bye. Um, oh. Can we have... Hmm. Can we have one of the Foden clips? Yeah, Probably it? not the Christmas one. What's this one? It is cheesy, but that's what we do, isn't it? All right, OK, you cheese it up. <laughs> what See ya. I'm doing nothing. Cause there's at least I'm doing nothing wrong. I'm gonna stare on my own and turn off my telephone. Nothing's gained and nothing's won. But when I steal it, this is my decision. And you keep on messing up the world. So when I steal it, girls, you keep on pushing. Like I need permission to be heard. I'm gonna lift to lift it higher. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 